Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast hosted by Lisa Battaglia. You are joining a community of elevated empaths who embrace their duality, honor their empathic superpowers, and live consistently from their authentic soul. The Elevated Podcast tackles conversations around empathy, energy work, sexual energy, manifestation, and social and cultural insights. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevated Podcast and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. Let's get into it. Hello. I'm so excited today because, well, first of all, welcome back to the Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited because today we're going to be talking about laws regulating sex that you won't believe still exist. So if you don't know, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, or if you don't know me, hi, hello, I'm Lisa. I just did a master's in legal studies specializing in technology law. I wrote and studied for the final thesis capstone, and mine was about how sex workers are moderated online, how they're censored online, what companies say that they do to the public and how they regulate sex workers online versus what they actually do and what their data analytics are of like how they actually moderate content relating to adult nudity and sexual activity. And so I came across a lot of very strange and interesting laws and cases about sex that didn't make it obviously into that capstone because I was having to focus on one narrow topic. So there were so many things that I came across in that study that I was like, this is so interesting. And I also talked a long time ago about a book called Sex and the Constitution by Geoffrey Stone, I believe. And that book really opened my eyes to all the ways that how sex came to be regulated in America and how some of these laws are just like still in effect and no one's ever done anything about them. They're not really enforced, but it's like hard to believe that they still exist. The main one that kind of opened the gates into this podcast that I wanted to design today was the case that was Ashcroft versus ACLU that I talked about in the deep fake pornography episode, which says that any pornography that uses AI generated children, as long as it's not a real using a real child, it's okay to be using. And I thought that case was unbelievable. <laughs> and as long as it just depicts a child and doesn't use a real child, first of all, how would you know that it's okay, according to the Supreme Court? And it's considered like an artistic expression. And it doesn't kind of fall under the Miller test that we have. So if you're interested in that, I talk more about it in the deep fake pornography episode. I wanted to use this episode to talk about just like some funny, weird sex laws that still exist in the US and internationally that I found. And I'm going to react to them. Listen, I I compiled them, but I didn't read them that closely because I wanted to get like an authentic reaction. <laughs> Before I get into that, I wanted to mention something, some like behind the scenes stuff that happened with the two papers that I put out, the deepfake pornography episode, as well as my capstone about online moderation of sex workers. There was like some backstory that I wanted to share with you because I think it's important to just note on. So I've been interested in 
porn performers since I was like in high school. Like the first time I found out about porn, it was probably sparked by the Girls Next Door show. And I got really interested in the sex industry. Of course, it like wasn't appropriate at the time for me to be so interested in that. But I've always had a fascination with it from just like a purely neutral space. It's never that I wanted to get into it. It was just like, my curiosity about what they did with their lives, how they got there. And I think a lot of people have that curiosity, but mine went to a place that was like, I just am so fascinated by the way that they're treated so differently because they just film themselves having sex and put it online and get paid for it. I'm like, why is it so... This this is the time you want to do this? Really? Jasper. Okay, it went under the chair. <sighs> the divine answer, Jasper. I'm not getting it for you. I was also always so fascinated by the fact that they were treated so differently because of what they did. And I never really understood it. And I know that's kind of weird, but I just immediately didn't understand why they were treated so differently because of that and why it was such a shameful thing for them to be doing that. And I went to college and... I've always tried to think of ways that I can make my work about sex. Wait, did I tell you guys? Oh my goodness. Did I tell you guys about the date that I went on where I was telling him, he was like a little boy, not actually a little boy, but like he was 26. So like, yeah, it would be fine if he were 26 and like, didn't say these things, but I was telling him about my capstone, my research. And I was like, yeah, it was like, it was, it was one of my like intellectual endeavors. I am so fascinated by that. And he was like making fun. He was like, oh yeah, intellectual. He thought I was like doing it because I could like, so I could watch Riley read porn. I don't know. I was just, he like didn't get it. And I, I've talked about that so many times on this podcast where I interact with people who just simply don't get that it's not about the salaciousness of it. And so I was like, yeah, this is not a fit. That reminded me of all of these different scenarios that I had in my academic profession that were so similar. So the one that I wanted to mention in college, it was my college professor for like entrepreneurship. And I decided that I wanted, like we had to create a business, start the business and talk about like our business plan for it. And I really wanted to do, I hope someone does this one day. Maybe I'll do it one day. Don't steal it. Actually do steal it. Cause I don't know if I'll do it. I wanted to make a beverage that you would drink after sex, like market it as a like post-sex refuel smoothie or drink and you could like get it delivered so it's really like discreet. And I had this whole idea and my entrepreneur professor, bless his heart, was just so gobsmacked by this idea and thought it was like out of pocket for me to be like, he got so uncomfortable and I'm like, why? You are here because of sex. <laughs> so like, why are you being so weird? I was always just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do something else because this is like, this is too strange for me to try to talk to you in office hours about this. I'm going to do something else. After college, it's been like eight years, seven, eight years since I've been in college. Oh my God. And 
And so I thought like things have progressed since then, but like I ran into very similar issues in my master's program. And I also had really great experiences in my master's program. But I just wanted to share a little backstory about two of those two papers that I put out, the two podcasts I put out after I finished my master's program. The deepfake pornography one was suggested by that professor. He suggested that I write about it because not that many people are talking about it. And it's actually like a really sticky situation when it comes to the law, as you listen to, if you listen to that episode. And so I was like, great idea. And when I was talking to him about it in office hours, he got so strange. I, You know when you can feel that energy shift, and especially when it came to him giving my grade back, and he did not give that paper a good grade, like actually really bad grade. I saw him in office hours afterwards. I asked him, questions about it. Like, why did you give it this grade if this and this and I I like made sure I had rebuttal for all of his points because they weren't legitimate. He was like, oh yeah, I see your point. And he didn't change my grade. So I ended up getting really bad grade on that paper, even though it was good and accurate. I put out the paper exactly as it was. And I was really proud of that work. I thought about those professors that were like so weird about these things in the past. I was like, I'm not going to let that dictate how I talk about things online. I want to also add, that was one experience out of so many others that were really fantastic. I mean, I was in the final three people to get the award for that capstone and the entire office was so supportive of it. They were like, oh my gosh, what an interesting topic. The judges that were on that panel were like so just grateful that I was willing to talk about it. The capstone itself has an interesting story where I didn't really get along with my capstone professor at first. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Cause she, she has this like, I don't know, the sassy edge (laughs) when you first meet her. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to move professors because I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this. And I was so wrong. I could not have been more wrong about somebody. She ended up being such a supportive professor through the entire process because I was like, well, I think I want to talk about like sex educators or sex artists. And she was like, well, what do you really want to talk about? I was like, well, the whole thing was really inspired by porn stars being censored. And she was like, well, then write about that. I was like, is that too like, uh?" and she's like, it's UCLA. (laughs) Like, You're right. And so I ended up writing about that. And I was so grateful to her for encouraging me to write about what I really wanted to write about. And she just loved it. She was like, I, you know, she had a history with people that she knew who worked in like obscenity law stuff. And she was always just so invested in my success. And I am so grateful for her and everybody else. And I think that that one professor, you know, if you're going to let one stupid prick ruin your life, you're not the girl I thought you were my mini legally blonde experience. So I wanted to share all of those because I was just thinking about this sex law podcast and doing my research for it. And I never shared kind of the backstory of those papers. And I wanted to share that because if you are somebody who researches the, like does this research or talks about sex online or any of that stuff, there are always going to be people that reflect back how they feel about sex to you. And that's none of your business. It's none of your business. Keep doing what you're doing. Even if it's just in your personal life, 
keep just reflecting how you feel about yourself and your sexuality to your world. And it will just continue to repay you. And you'll start to find those people that feel the same way, who want to talk about these things with you. Even if it's not about sex and it's just about stuff that you're interested in, people will gravitate to it. People will just, I'm sure that you have listened to this podcast before. Maybe it was something that you weren't that interested in at first. And just because I was interested in it, maybe it made you interested in it too. Let's get into the sex laws that you won't believe still exist. And they're just so funny and like quirky and weird. So let's get into that. Let's start with the US and then we'll move on to international. Okay, the first one, it's illegal to seduce and debauch an unmarried woman in Michigan. It's illegal to seduce an unmarried woman in Michigan. What does Michigan do when they like all go out? What does seduce mean? (laughs) I don't know. That one seems so vague. Michigan, tell us what you're doing when you go out. Michigan people who flirt with women. Are you getting in trouble with this? Let us know. It's technically illegal to flirt in Haddon Township, New Jersey. Haddon Township, New Jersey. It's technically illegal to flirt there. I, fl- I feel like I flirt with, like, everyone. Like, <laughs> how do you define, where is, like, the line crossed when it's, like, because I feel like you could go to Trader Joe's and flirt with most of the people that work there because they're always, they're de- always ready to flirt. So, like, what are they doing at the Trader Joe's in Haddon Township, New Jersey? Men aren't allowed to kiss their wives' breasts in Florida. I am really hesitant to believe this one. Florida needs to let it, like Florida is the craziest. Yeah, I want to say Florida is the the most wild and that men aren't allowed to kiss their wives' breasts, maybe in public, but like in private, you're not allowed to? How would they regulate that? In Texas, this is my favorite one. This is one we kind of all maybe know already. This one's pretty well known. In Texas, you cannot possess more than six dildos. How dare you? How dare you? Six? (laughs) Clearly not enough. (laughs) Oh, poor Texas. Poor Texas. Ah, Six. You're not allowed to have more than six. I'm trying to count. Do I have more than six? I don't think I do. Um, What a bummer. What do they do if like, I don't know. Speaking of phallic devices, I have partnered up with Love Shop because we both believe that life is too short for bad sex. I have been working with Love Shop for a long time now and I love them because they are not only a sex toy company, but they are so passionate and dedicated to destigmatizing sex and the conversation around it. If you live in Texas and you want to get the best six dildo that you can possibly find because it's going to be your last or if you live in any other state and want to exercise your freedom and get all the dildos you want, 
Love Shop is the place for you. Head to loveshoptoys.com slash The Elevated Empath and use the code The Elevated Empath to receive 15% off your order. Love Shop has something for everyone and this is a great way to support the podcast. Go to loveshoptoys.com slash The Elevated Empath. Use the code The Elevated Empath to get 15% off your order. Now back to the episode. You can't get married in Nebraska if either partner has a sexually transmitted disease. This one kind of makes sense if they don't want like a STD getting spread. But I feel like me doing math, me doing the math of like, what if one of you had it, but the other one didn't, but then that wouldn't make any sense when you guys be having sex. But like, Nebraska, this is an interesting way to combat the problem. Probably not the best way to combat an STD spread or outbreak, but Nebraska, if you know something that we don't, let us know. Nebraska is an interesting place, kind of a state I forget about. Let me know if any of my listeners are from Nebraska. I'd love to hear from you. Just let me know if you're from Nebraska. Let me know if you're from any of these states and if you've been arrested for any of these things. These, I'm also going to put all of the, the resources that I found for this in the description below in case you want to read this. In North Carolina, it's illegal to live with a partner if the couple is unmarried. Cohabitation laws are so interesting. Poor North Carolinians can't save on rent. What a bummer. North Carolina, but in South Carolina, a false promise of marriage can land you in jail. This is interesting. Promise laws are fascinating. So they say promising someone you'll marry with the no intention of falling through is a low move, but getting sent to prison for doing so seems a bit harsh. That's how it is in South Carolina, where seduction under promise of marriage is a misdemeanor punishable with a fine or imprisonment for up to a year. South Carolinians can't promise marriage. Don't get yourself in a sticky situation. Don't teach anyone about polygamy in Mississippi. If you want to explain to somebody what polygamy is all about, it's best not to do it in Mississippi. It's illegal to, in the state to teach another the doctrines, principles, tenets, or any of them of polygamy. Doing so can result in a $500 fine and up to six months in jail. Why would Mississippi of all states be so against this. Just teaching somebody about it. It's not even doing it. It's just teaching somebody about it. Why don't they want this information spread? Hmm. Mississippi. Don't flaunt your booby pillows in Kern County, California. At least not near the highway. So in Kern County, California, they have an issue with the public sale of articles depicting female breasts. Booby pillows along the public highways is a species of indecency and vulgarity which cannot be ignored or controlled by a passerby. I understand that maybe if you saw booby pillows when you're driving near a highway, you would risk getting into an accident because you would look at the booby pillows. But what does it say about real boobies? So you can't even display booby pillows within a thousand feet of a highway. Doing so could earn $500 fine or 90 day stint in county jail for booby pillows. If you put booby pillows near the highway, you're gonna get in jail. Can you believe that? In Cottonwood, Arizona, couples having sex in a vehicle with flat wheels will be fined, and the fine will be doubled if the sex happens in the back seat. (laughs) 
You know, because sex in the front seat is so tasteful and elegant. So let me get this straight, Cottonwood, Arizona. If you have sex in a vehicle with flat wheels, what does that mean? Flat wheels. Like all of your tires have been popped? Flat wheels? You'll be fined. The fine will be doubled if it's in the back seat. Wouldn't it be doubled if you were in the front seat because you're more visible there? These are so weird. In Alexandria, Minnesota, if a man's breath smells of garlic, onions, or sardines, it's against the law to have sex with your wife. How do they regulate that? Who who was the one that was like, you know what? We should sign this into law. <laughs> oh my God. So just like brush your teeth. I don't know. What? Uh, okay. Maybe we should make that one a worldwide law. I don't know. If you live in Newcastle, Wyoming, you're not allowed to have sex while standing inside a store's walk-in meat freezer. Huh? Newcastle, Wyoming, you're not allowed to have sex while standing inside a store's walk-in meat freezer. Who did that? Who was the first to do that? And they were like, you know what? We shouldn't make a law about having sex in a store or having sex in a freezer or having sex in public. No, no, no. That's too vague. We need to make a law that says that if you have sex standing inside a store's walk-in meat freezer, you are going to write to jail. How did this come to be? Tell us, Newcastle, Miami. <laughs> Having sex with your significant other in the front yard after sundown is illegal in Bozeman, Montana, if you're in the nude. Doesn't say anything about if you wear socks, okay? Not the nude. Socks could be a loophole. I don't know. Think about it. But if you have your sex with your significant other in the front yard after sundown, again, who did this? Who was the first one to do this? And then who, lawmaker, which lawmaker was like, da, 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 let's make this law that is so unbelievably specific and unnecessary. After sundown, wouldn't there be a law about when it's the sun is out? Wouldn't you not want the kids to see? I th would think that's what it's about, but it says after sundown. Interesting, Montana. Good luck with that one. In Washington, this one makes no sense to me. In Washington, it's illegal to have sex with a virgin even if it's your wedding night. So how does anyone lose? If this was actually happening, obviously these aren't really being enforced all that much. It's just unbelievable that there's still laws. But in Washington, how is anyone losing their virginity if you can't have sex with a virgin? If this law was actually working as it says, how would you lose your virginity? There would just be a ton of virgins. No one would ha be having sex. That just law just doesn't make sense. Maybe the women, this one says, maybe the women in Texas could donate their overflow of obscene sex toys. In Willowdale, Oregon, no man may curse while having sex with his wife. What about the wives? Why can the women curse and the men can't? I feel like that's all you say. Some people, that's all you say. How do you... <laughs> you can't curse how they regulate that it's i picture in family guy if you watch family guy where the fcc episode is so funny obviously one of my favorites but when they come in with the little horns when peter and lois are in bed together and they just start they start doing horns for everything that they say um and censoring them i think of that all the time 
All the time. In Bakersfield, it's illegal to have sex with Satan without using a condom. Now, this one turns out to not be true, but I think it's so funny, this story. The alleged law about having unprotected sex with the devil has been posted on numerous websites during the past five years. None of the websites cites a statute number or a city code for the law, and the law does not appear in any of the Kern County or Bakersfield code. So the Bakersfield city attorney has said, I've heard this before. It's not true. I've heard the allegation at least three or four times from people. Who knows how it started? Who knows how any rumor spreads? Also, like, the law makes no sense. You can't have sex without using a condom. That's a silly little law. I mean, they're all silly. <laughs> they're all a little silly. But this one is extremely silly and apparently not true. Thank you, Bakersfield, for clearing the air. Now, in a general sense, there are still so many U.S. states that have laws against adultery and fornication. The United Kingdom does not consider adultery a criminal offense, but the same can't be said for the U.S., where in 18 states, it's illegal if at least one of the people involved in the sexual act is already married. But these laws are obviously rarely enforced. In 1977, a New Jersey Supreme Court said that a statute prohibiting fornication, sex between unmarried persons, is unconstitutional. And in New York, in 1980, a law against consensual sodomy is unconstitutional. There's like a whole list, I'll put it in the description below, of when these court cases came to the to the state courts and eventually these laws started getting struck down. When you look at the list, it's like not a long time ago. It's like the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. You would think it would have been a long time ago, but it hasn't. Let's go international for a second. There's so many, inter like obviously there's so many interesting international ones. In Singapore, it's illegal to strut around nude, even if you're in a private place, if it has a public view. So you can't strut around naked if there's a window in your hotel room. Be careful in Singapore. No nudity. This law actually became effective in 1996. So these laws are very recent, which is interesting. So Japan's fascinating because we have anime. We have anime porn. But the diversity of sexual acts in Japan is huge compared with other liberal countries. The nation is still pretty buttoned up when it comes to porn. Exposed genitals are still blurred out, even in hentai films, comics, or games. Interestingly, the continued popularity of tentacle porn, perhaps the country's most notorious, notorious subgenre, is partly due to the censorship laws. In an interview with ANN, animator and self-proclaimed tentacle master Toshio Maeda said he used octopus arms as a way to bypass the blurred privates policy. I am not going to look up tentacle porn today. That's for perhaps another day. But I found that so interesting. So let's stay in Asia for a moment. In Hong Kong, a wife is legally allowed to kill her cheating husband, but only with her bare hands. Now, this one isn't about sex. It's kind of about sex. But this one I wanted to include because it's so... I needed the people to know that if you are in Hong Kong and you're a wife, you're legally allowed to kill a cheating husband as long as it's with your bare hands. It's funny that there are so many laws against adultery and like sex between unmarried persons that obviously aren't actually enforced in the US, but 
there are obviously a lot of adultery laws in the U- in the world that are very much still being enforced. The Uganda parliament passed an anti-pornography bill in 2014 and invested almost $300,000 on a South Korean-made pornography detection machine for rooting out offenders. If you're caught and convicted, you could get 10 years in jail. But here's the kicker. Porn isn't just the movies and the photos. It also includes audio recordings, writing, erotic music. So make sure you wipe all notoriously sexy tracks off your phone before visiting the country. Hmm. No sexy time in Uganda at all. There's a rumor going around that Australian Classification Board blacklisted porn sites featuring women with A-cup breasts. Now this one, we need Angela White's opinion on. ASAP, ASAP, get it? A-cup breasts, for fear that they promote pedophilia. It was reported that all material featuring smaller boobed queens had been banned. I put in the queens part. A spokesperson for the Australian Classification Board later clarified that the rule applies to publications which can contain offensive depictions or descriptions or persons who are or appear to be under the age of 18 appear to be being the clear language there that should stand out to you. If they appear to be under age, the age of 18, they will regulate it. And if you have small boobies, you might be considered as under 18. Hmm. We need to know what Angela White thinks about that. Australian doesn't have a cut boobs. We, and she's very involved in the pornography laws of Australia. We need to know what she thinks about that. Indonesia, you can't have you time. You can't have you time. We talk about you time all the time on here, but you're not allowed to have you time in Indonesia. It is a punishment of 32 months in prison if you have a little you time. In 1998, the Supreme Court of Alabama, going back to US for a second, the Supreme Court of Alabama outlawed the sale of any device designed or marketed as useful primarily for the stimulation of human genital organs for anything of primary value. Sex toys are also illegal in the Maldives, Thailand, India, Saudi Arabia, and Malaysia. If you're caught with a plastic phallus in your luggage going through Vietnam customs, you'll be ordered to hand it over, but you can reclaim it when you exit the country. I need to know where the lockers are for these phallic things in Vietnam. If you go into Vietnam, you hand over your phallic thing. Do they put it in a locker for you for when you come back and you leave the country? Is it tight? Like, is it a bag? Do they title it with your name on it? Do Like, is there a whole system? I want to know how common this is. So there are a lot of places where you can't bring sex toys. So look up what country you're going to if you want to go there and bring your stuff. But it sounds like I'm curious if you could get around some of this. Some of them like specify phallic shapes. Like, could you get around it with like one of the bullets? I don't know. I want to go. I want to dive deeper into that. And finally, in London, you can't have sex on a motorbike only if it's parked. If it's moving, you're allowed to have sex on a motorbike. But if it's parked, no way, Jose. So those were some interesting laws that still exist in the U.S. and internationally. We've talked a lot about 
laws and sex and how sex came to be regulated in America and how it's still very much regulated in America and internationally. But I'm curious if you know of any others that I might have missed. There are probably so many and maybe we could do a part two at some point. But let me know if you know of any. Send me them. Again, if you are interested in my deep fake pornography episode or how they censor sex workers online, those episodes have already come out and will be in the description below as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you give it a thumbs up. It really helps me out a lot. And make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening or watching. Follow me on Instagram, threads, YouTube, TikTok at The Elevated Empath. And I hope you feel so elevated. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if there were any that stuck out to you as super weird and you want to talk about it. DM me on Instagram, let me know. And I hope you feel so elevated and I will see you next time.